We are in Alma chapter 8, and I can't even express to you how excited I am <laughs> that this is where they are. Um, one of my favorite lessons to teach my seminary kids is to ask them, and I usually do this at the start of a semester, is who is your hero in the Book of Mormon or in the New Testament or in the scriptures, and why? Tell us why. And I am so pumped because Amulek is mine. And as we go through um, this story, I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> um, you will get to see why. But I love Amulek. And I will often say to my kids, when we go, have you ever gone to Disneyland and had a book, an autograph book? And I said, I remember taking our kids <coughs> and they had this autograph book where they had the character sign. And I said, when I get to heaven, I will go with my Book of Mormon and I will ask Amulek to sign my Book of Mormon because he is my hero and he has influenced my life so much and I cannot wait to meet him or remember him <laughs> and hug him and tell him how grateful I am for how he has influenced my life and strengthened my testimony. Okay. So in chapter 8, we find out that Alma has gone to Gideon, he goes home, and he rests for a year, about roughly, that's what the timeline says. And I love that, because our prophets and our apostles travel so much, and it takes so much out of them, and they sacrifice so much. So, so I love that it even mentions it here, because it's just, man, these people dedicate their lives to God. And so he goes home, and then he goes to Melech. And then right after Melech, and Melech must have gone a lot like Gideon did. It must have gone well because it's only three days. And then he goes straight to Ammonihah. And it tells us Ammonihah is named for the person, most lands are named for the person who first dwells there. So it's, uh, we don't know a whole lot about Ammonihah. But it tells us this. Now Satan, and this is verse 9. Now Satan had gotten great hold on the hearts of the people of the city of Ammonihah. Therefore, they would not hearken to the words of Alma. And I have that. Like I said, I did a study of the words would not and steadfast and immovable after my first year of teaching. And so here's those words again, would not. And I love this in verse 10. Nevertheless, Alma labored much in spirit, wrestling with God in mighty prayer that he would pour out his spirit upon the people in this city, that he would grant that he might baptize them unto repentance. And I just love Alma's heart. And this so reminds me of the Savior, that the Savior is our advocate with the Father and that he pleads for us. Please give me a chance. Please pour out thy spirit. Please let me work on them to repentance. And this is what Alma is doing and such an example of our Savior. I love that. And in 11 and 12, it tells us that the people um, basically are horrid to him. They say, we know you're no longer the chief judge. We know you've given it to Nephi. Huh? We, we don't have to listen to you. And they are so disrespectful. And that's just amazing to me. I can't imagine a leader of a church coming to us, whether it was our prophet or apostle or any, the Pope, any, and being this disrespectful, it tells you how much Satan had gotten a hold of their hearts. Because in verse 13, it says, now when the people had said this and withstood his words, they reviled him, spit upon him, caused that he should be cast out, and he departed thence. 
And I just think, oh my gosh. And the amazing thing about this is Alma's response. It is so heartbreaking to him. It does not make him anger, angry. It does not make him bitter. It does not make him go, well, I wash my hands of you. He truly is an advocate. He truly is the prophet of God. He is truly filled with Christ-like love. And this is what is amazing. His heart is so broken and he is so humble. It reminds me of when Christ says to those crucifying him or to the Father, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. This is what it says. And it came to pass, and this is verse 14. He was journeying thither, being weighed down with sorrow, waiting through much tribulation and anguish of soul because of the wickedness of the people. He is so heartbroken. He wants to bless them and to change them and help them. And he knows where they are. He once was there. And I just love Alma's heart. And so in 15, it says, an angel comes in 14, the end of 14. And this is what the angel says in 15. Blessed art thou, Alma. Therefore, lift up thy head and rejoice. For you have great cause to rejoice. For you have been faithful in keeping the commandments of God from the time you received the first message from him. It was me who delivered it to you. And I love that it's the same angel. And the reason I believe it's the same angel is we are told it is our, that um, our angels, our guardian angels, if, if we have such a thing, but we have angels that watch over us. We know that. And most likely they are family members, we have been told. And so it's not shocking that this would be the same angel. But the thing that I love is how this angel must rejoice in delivering this message of how much the Lord Lord is pleased. But this angel has love for Alma, obviously, and he's got to be pleased and be so excited. It's probably a family member. And so I love that. And then in 16, he says, go back. And the thing that I love about this is Alma has got to be so pumped because his prayer is being answered. He prayed, please pour out your spirit and let me baptize them to repentance. And so I love this. This is exciting for him. His prayer is being answered. And then it tells us in 17 that the people are trying to destroy the liberty. And, and that's huge to God. We have to have choice. We have to get to choose. And so this is why he wants him back, the, that these this people are destroying liberty. And so in 18, we know he returns speedily. And I love that word. No second thoughts, no doubts. He just goes, yay, God, God answered my prayer. He's going to let me do this. And he's so excited. And so then he meets Amulek. And it also tells us he enters another way. And so I love that because it reminds me of Nephi. When Nephi failed to get the plates, when his brothers failed to get the plates, Nephi tried again and again. And I love where he says, not knowing beforehand the things we should do. I love that Alma turns, not knowing how he's going to be able, but immediately thinks I'll enter another way and meets Amulek. And I love in verse 20, this is what Amulek says. So he says to Amulek, will you give me something to eat? But I love in verse 20 that this is what Amulek says. And the man said, I am a Nephite and I know thou art the holy prophet of God. I love this. And thou art the man whom an angel said in a vision I should receive. Thou shalt receive into thy house. Therefore go with me to my house and I will impart of my food. I know 
thou wilt be a blessing to me and my house. And I have that asterisk because we will reflect back on that again. And I think that's so awesome. And then in 22, he says, and it, it says, and it came to pass, Alma ate bread and was filled. And he blessed Amulek and his house and gave thanks to God. Okay. And then it says in 23, after he was ill, eat, after he had eaten, he introduces himself. And then he tells what his mission is. And then in 25, he tells he's been commanded to do this. And it goes all the way down to 27. And I love this. Alma tarried many days with Amulek before he began to preach to the people. And I have written there, what do you think they were doing? And how long do you think that was? And the reason I have that written there is... um. Because we will find out he's converting them. He is teaching them. And so how long? We don't know how long that takes to be truly converted. But his whole house, he converts them and teaches them. And I love that. And then in 29, the word came from the Lord. Okay, now go. Go and teach this people. And I love that he is commanded to take Amulek. And that's where we know Amulek has totally been converted. And in 30, it tells us Alma went forth and also Amulek. And how cool is that that we know he's been converted? So much so that 31 tells what happens. And they had power given unto them insomuch they could not be confined in dungeons, which means they were thrown into dungeons. Neither was it possible that um, man could slay them, which means people tried to. Nevertheless, they exercised their power, which means Amulek also has the priesthood power. And this was done that the Lord might show forth his power in them. And we will see this as we go forward. And I love this. This just makes me so pumped and so excited that we're beginning this story. And so we'll do chapter nine tomorrow, what they are commanded to teach. I want you to know how much this story means to me. This has such great, um, this is really my testimony um, of the truth of the Book of Mormon is really rooted in the story of Amulek. And it was such a powerful experience for me. And I will share that at some point. But I'm so excited that that's where we are. I hope you know the church is true. And more than that, I hope you know that the Lord loves you.